Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians, and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 289. We're welcoming back Cave Lay to the pod today. Always an absolute delight to chat with, the American songwriter is releasing her brand new record, Mono, later this week. We always have such a fun chat when Kay Flay is on, so we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Before we get to our conversation, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date on all new episodes. If you like, you can also follow us across all of our social media channels. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Kay Flay. She's a Grammy Award-nominated artist who began songwriting, rapping, and singing back in college at Stanford and began producing her own mixtapes. In her time since then, she's gone on to release four studio records and has collaborated with artists like Walk the Moon, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, and Imagine Dragons. Although she's releasing what is her fifth studio record later this week, which is titled Mono, this is almost like a bit of a reset for Kay Flay. In August of 2022, she awoke to total hearing loss in one of her ears, which is not ideal for anyone, let alone a musician. This incredible record is a documentation of the feeling she was confronted with during that time and discusses themes like loss and transformation. In today's episode, we talk to Kay Flay about the experience of losing her hearing and how she managed to return to making music confidently. We talk about collaboration and discuss working with her partner on one of the album's best tracks, Spaghetti. We also maybe try and find out whether we'll see K-Flay back in Australia anytime soon. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. Mono is out later this week and we've included links within the show notes if you'd like to pre-order the record. We also want to say a massive thank you to Millie from Positive Feedback for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with K-Flay. Welcome back to This Song Is Yours, Kay Flay. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. I just I just received an apple fritter at my door. So life arguably could not be better. <laughs> there are definitely worse ways to spend your days than receiving treats delivered to your door. Oh man, treats. What's what's life without treats? You know, I was like I was saying to somebody the other day, I finished dinner and I'm just like, I need a sweet treat. I need mm. a treat more than ever the past, like past five years in particular, I'm like, man, I need some treats. (laughs) I feel like it's almost, um, especially maybe the last three years or so where everyone has been going through a bit of a tougher time. It's almost like a, 
you know what? I, I deserve this after, after my dinner, I'm going to treat myself. You know, I, I think the joy of the, the sweet treat, the small treat is a, a fundamental human joy that I personally have been really relishing lately. So I, after, after our conversation, I will, I'll have some bites. I won't do it during our conversation. That would not be appropriate. Please feel free. If I have a long winded question, I'll give you a little tug of the ear, put yourself <laughs> on mic and, um, and you do what you need to do. <laughs> oh, I love that. I do appreciate you chatting with us today. Uh, there's a brand new record out from yourself later this week. It is titled Mono. Firstly, congratulations on another brilliant record under your belt. How are you feeling with this record coming out? I am feeling very invigorated and energized. I think, you know, the making of this record for me was unconventional in that in the, in the early stages of making it, you know, I have this massive change. I lose my hearing in my right ear and I'm, I'm kind of thrown into the washing machine a little bit, like both physically and psychologically. And so, you know, in the aftermath of that, I really, I really gained this new, renewed sense of focus, excitement, commitment to just the thing itself. You know, I think this this is my fifth record, my fifth full length record, which isn't counting like all the mixtapes and things, you know, I've done along the way. It's like, I've been making, I've made a lot of music and what's really interesting to me is how quickly this record came together um, considering these factors and just how urgent it felt to me to create it. It, In many ways I had the urgency of someone making their debut record. Mm -hmm. And so I feel in the same way that when you put your first record out, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I feel like that. I feel very excited. (laughs) as you should, and it is a brilliant record. I, if you're okay to talk about it, please let us know. If not, please yeah, let us know. Yeah, of course. Um, you did, yeah, you did go through this thing where part of, or I think all of your hearing in one ear just disappeared yes. one morning and not able to be explained to by the doctors is, as a musician, I imagine that is, yeah, one of the most scariest things that kind of happens to you in that morning. Do you remember your initial thoughts when when that occurred? (laughs) You know, I was so physically ill at that time. So what, what was happening in my body, right. is like, they don't, they don't know why, as you mentioned, but essentially my hearing on my, my right side just got knocked out. And one of the effects of that is my equilibrium was brought essentially to zero, almost like a compass when you put it by a magnet, right? It's just like spinning. So I was really sick. I could, you know, I was, let's just say I used a few emesis bags. Um, we'll put it that way. Uh, I was, and you know, I was in the ER, like the whole thing. I was like, I was very ill. So I didn't even, I didn't fully have my right mind and all of my cognitive capabilities in that moment. I will tell you when I saw the first nurse who who saw me at the urgent care for intake and she looked at my ear and said, there's nothing in your ear. I, I had a sense immediately that something really bad was happening. And 
I felt strangely, strangely pretty calm throughout the process. I I had joked to my friends like a week or two in, I was like, good thing I've been reading all those Buddhist books. Jeez. Like, you know, it was just, <laughs> I was like, God damn, now I have to put this into practice. Uh, <laughs> it, I I did feel like I was able to have some, some equanimity right from the outset. I, but I was very scared and I also felt really bewildered by the world. You know, it took me several months just to, just to be able to, it's hard to explain. It's like my brain was recalibrating and, and reorganizing itself. So it was hard for me to be just out and walking and hearing noises coming from all directions because you lose your echolocation when you only have one working ear. So the the outside world became a very disorienting and chaotic place. And I tried listening to music a couple times and just like couldn't. It was like very upsetting and bad. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really bad. And I sort of got forced into listening to music because I had written a song for a film that actually came out this summer, a film called Nimona. And I had to listen to a mix of it for this movie. And my manager was like, well, you don't have to listen, like in the sense of someone else can approve it, but that's not your style. I was like, you know, so I put on my headphones, put on, put them in mono um, there's a lot of accessibility options on a cell phone, which are, which are actually really cool. And you can listen to everything in mono. If you, if you have single-sided hearing, like I do put it in mono and hit play. And I like sobbed because it was different, but it was also like, okay. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. And that was, that was really the turning point for me. Firstly, thank you very much for sharing that. I can imagine that is, it was, uh, I can only imagine it was quite traumatic. So thank you for kind of going through that with us. Um, do you think that that's partly where that sense of urgency that you were talking about before, that that kind of came from with this record in terms of with something happening so suddenly and being so uncertain that the urgency to not just complete the record, but to be able to kind of move forward and continue being you kind of came from. Very much so. I do think there was an element of proving something. And and I don't even know, I think I was proving it to myself because I don't, you know, it's not like someone's looking over my shoulder, like you can't do it. You know, I, I didn't have like a, that kind of shadowy figure, but I, I do think the urgency came from wanting to prove okay, I can, I can do this. And it also came, I think, from wanting to capture the feeling while it was happening. You know, it's almost like being a wildlife photographer and like the, the, the grizzly bear is there. You're like, I got to take the pictures now. <laughs> you know, my shutter speed can't be off. It was, it was that feeling of a little bit me knowing, okay, I am in this really, really unique moment in my own life. And this is my shot to document it and explore it. Um, Because every day, my sense of things is changing. 
So I think, I think that was an element of it as well. Yes. I can only imagine like big, I sorry, I can't, it's got me flustered as you can hear that I can't even kind yeah. of begin to work out what you must've been going through. But I, this record is gorgeous. You kind of address what happened in parts of the record, which I kind of love as well. And then I feel that there's also a lot of the songs that are almost as if nothing happened in a way in terms of that you've continued, you picked yourself up, dusted yourself back off and just continued moving forward, which I absolutely love. Um, I was hoping that I might be so bold to ask about one of my favourite tracks on this record that is coming out on Friday. Uh, it's called Spaghetti and it features Kid Sister. Loved this track. Very nostalgic main character kind of vibes with this track. Um, can you talk us through, I guess, where this song came from? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you love it. Um, I will I will say this song has a really great story. So I, when I was beginning to conceptualize the record once I was starting to be like, okay, I can do this again. And moreover, I need to do it now. And I need to like rally the troops and I need to, (laughs) I need to get in the studio and, and understand what I'm doing. I called really an acquaintance of mine at the time, a producer named Paul Meany and had him over for dinner and was like, Hey, I have a proposition for you. He was like, what? I was like, I would like for you to executive produce my album. He was initially like, I don't even think you need an executive producer. I think you're good. And I was like, no, Paul, trust me. I, I need someone. And this is something I talked about in this record. I need someone to help create productive tension. This is what I need right now. Like I'm already experiencing internal tension that's taken care of. The, the caprices of fate have, have secured that for me. Now I need musical tension and you can create that for me. So anyhow, Paul very graciously um, uh, hopped into that position. And one of the first things he had me do is he was like, send me every single thing you have made, like everything from, you know, we set some date like a year before or whatever. And one of the things that I had made, it was, the second song I wrote after the hearing loss. And I really did it as an exercise of healing. I wrote it with my girlfriend whose band is featured on the song. And we were, I just asked her, I was like, Hey, would you be down to just go and I have a studio out back, go into the studio and just like, can we just make something? So I like can practice recording and. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
I, you know, I was still getting used to how to sing and how to locate pitch and just, you know, getting, getting kind of my, my feet like stable on the ground. And she was like, yeah, of course it was the first time we had ever written anything together. We'd been dating. Um, she's a musician as well. And we just wrote spaghetti based almost exactly as you hear it on the record. Those vocals are from the the demo session. And I sent it to Paul and he was like, you got to put spaghetti on the record. I was like, what? That song was like a, <laughs> what? No, that's not supposed to go on. This is, you know, <laughs> this is a heavy rock record, Paul. Um, <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. And he's, he was like, dude, just trust me. Like it's part of this world. We need mm-hmm. that flavor in this world. Like we need that flavor at that dish at the restaurant. I mean, double pun intended. Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, that was, and then Sarah, my girlfriend and I went back in with Paul and like retracked some of the instruments. We had Eric and Prada who drummed across the whole record. He, he tracked drums on that, but we kept, again, the vocals, we kept a lot of, you know, original stuff and we tried to retain the, as you say, the nostalgia and the intimacy of that. Cause it was, you know, it's a song that was made without any self-consciousness. And I think when you're able to make songs like that, it's very special. It's very rare uh, because usually you're like, could that lyric be better? Could this be better? But I think, I think because it was almost like a therapeutic healing exercise, we weren't worried about that stuff. And so what, what came out, I think was a really sweet, um, yeah, there's something very charming and endearing about that song. And I love it. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really I'm really glad that it it, it resonated with you. It is uh, charming is the perfect word that I would use for it. It's a gorgeous song. Um, so thank you for sharing that story, and I love that story as well. It is kind of a um, well, yeah, like the fact that it, it was built or born from a place of of no um, pre constructs, whatever that just kind of came out. I absolutely love so um, with collaborating with your partner I know um I think the last time we spoke was 2021 around the time of there were collaborations with Travis Barker and Tom Morello um this record also has uh Vic from Pierce the Veil on there when it does come to collaborators and I know we've talked about uh this spaghetti that was quite organic but in terms of other tracks do you have a process of how you pick who you want to work with or who you think is going to be right for a certain song? Usually the process isn't, isn't really a process. It's cause that implies maybe a little bit more architecture than, than exists or more architectural planning. You know, the case with the, the two collaborations on the last record and the, the Vic collab on this record where I, I had worked on a demo and then either myself or the person I made the song with was like, you know, who would be dope to be on this song? Tom Morello. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'll text him, you know? So I think it, the, the way that those have worked um, and same went for, for dating my dad and then for Irish goodbye on this new record with Vic, I had finished the demo of it and I screamed on the demo and I was listening back to it and I was like, man, there's something like really cool and interesting about this song, but 
it was really like the early version. It was like, it just wasn't realized it well, it was an early version. And it was, I don't know, something about it just wasn't making sense to me. And I was like, you know, you know who I feel like would kill this song is a Vic. Um, and that he, you know, he's a pre-existing friend of mine. We've, we've never worked on music together. We just, we're just friends. And so I hit him up and I was actually talking to, we did a Instagram live thing today and I was telling him I had the idea and I sat on it for like a month cause I was nervous to ask. Cause I always feel like I'm bothering people, you know, I never want to bother people. Uh, and then from, from that point forward, it was, it was very organic. And I went down to San Diego, um, where he lives and where his studio's at and tracked it with him and Jaime from Pierce the Veil tracked his vocals and they had, they sort of had a, a rhythm and a setup cause they had just finished their record. So it was, it was really fun, but I think it's almost like when you're cooking and you taste it and you're like, well, that needs something else. Like that. <laughs> that this this uh, panna cotta needs some Vic Fuentes. Okay. <laughs> we're we're covering the gamut of food today, aren't we? The sweet treats, <laughs> the spaghetti. Oh my lord! The, uh, that's it. that should be title of episode: sweet treats. <laughs> We, we're not usually a pod that um, titles our episodes, but we might change it as a once-off just for this because I think that's a very appropriate. <laughs> um, I know that you're about to head out, I think, over the coming months um, to play shows in the UK and in Europe. How are you feeling about those shows? Feeling very excited. I actually had a, a session with my music director this morning. and We're prepping prepping the live set and we're at the the exciting and terrifying point of figuring out how to play a lot of this record live. Uh, it was, you know, what was really fun was this past, I did a, a U.S. co-headline with Grandson and then some other kind of sprinkled dates. And throughout that whole process, we had actually been playing a bunch of the songs from the record live already that, that weren't mm-hmm. released. So, I feel like I've got a little bit of a head start on knowing how I want to approach some of them. But, you know, this is the really, I think for me, this is a part of the job I love, which is figuring out how how these things translate, how to make an exciting show. I'm at, I'm at a pretty cool part of my career in that there's a lot of songs to play. So there's a lot, there's a lot of material. Um, and even if we only hit like a verse and a chorus of something, how do we, you know, how do we build that journey for people? And I really, I think there's a lot of, a lot of elements of this record where on the recording we captured the the spirit of live instrumentation in a way that I hadn't as much on my previous records. Also just cause I had access to um, like a giant amp room. And I sort of prioritized that. And we mm-hmm. had a single, um, a single drummer, as I mentioned, Eric and Prada, um, who's an amazing drummer. You might know him. He, he used to be in fever three, three, three. He's just an incredible musician, but he played on the record um, all the songs. So there is, there is that kind of like live feel and consistency. So, I, th- I think a lot of it's going to translate really well. And I will say, I can't, I can't say anything, but Australia, don't worry. Don't worry. 
you you probably if you want to come see me, you probably get an opportunity. I'll say that much. <laughs> I was um I was gonna you know test the waters, see whether there was any <laughs> um any opportunity for Australia. So I'm very glad to hear that. We won't push any further than that for the time being. Um is there a certain track from this record you're maybe most looking forward to? I know you said you've already played some, but most looking forward to debuting live or the proud, you're waiting to, the amount of work that you've put into the live version of one of these new tracks that um, you're looking forward to debuting. Well, right now, I think Irish Goodbye is the one. I'm, I'm a little biased because I'm just I was working on it today, so it's 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 quite top <laughs> of mind. There's a lot of there's a lot of really fun guitar stuff happening in that song that is exciting territory for for me to explore. I mean, it's a really dense track, so there's a lot happening. Uh, I, so I'm really excited about that. I'm also really excited the intro. So the intro to the record, which is called Are You Serious? That we're doing some some cool things with that. And I'm I'm feeling also really excited because there, you know, as as you've heard on the record, there are some songs that serve these kind of interlude or transitional purposes. And it it's we're integrating them into the live show and that that feels really fun. That's something I haven't done before. We've always had to like make transitions and now there, there's some raw material on the record for us to do that with. That's awesome. And um, as you mentioned, we were very lucky enough to have a listen to the record. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, when you do listen to mono, are you serious? Make sure it's either on a good stereo or good headphones, because that was a, um, we usually like to listen to it in a few different places before we chat to the artist and um, having good headphones on, I blew my mind. So, make cool. sure you're thank doing you. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny for a record called Mono. I do recommend listening in stereo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not instructions; it's a title, and it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it is. You know, it was. This is just a, a side note about mono versus stereo. But amongst my, you know, production and engineering friends, people more on the tech side of music, they've loved talking to me about, you know, my experience being now a mono listener because, you know, for anyone listening to this, mixing in mono and mono recordings, you know, there's there's a very rich history there. And there are still a lot of mix engineers who prefer to do their first couple passes in mono because you're sort of limiting information. And when you limit information, you're able to decide what things are important, often a little bit more easily. So there are a lot of people who who really enjoy and, and see a lot of importance listening in mono. But I, early in my uh, single-sided deafness, I was trying to reference the guitar tone from Sgt. Pepper and I had forgotten to put my phone in mono. Like if for some reason it was in stereo, I don't know why. I put my headphones on, hit play. I'm like, where's the, I'm like, wait, am I listening? You know, there's like a Sgt. Pepper and then there's a reprisal on the record. I was like, oh, is it maybe in the reprisal? So I go to the reprisal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, I, I straight up had 15 minutes of being like, did I make that up? Like, and I looked it up <laughs> online and I was like, no, there is a guitar. 
And then of course I realize the Beatles, crazy Beatles, everything's hard panned, completely panned. Mm. So the guitars and the vocals are all the way to the right. And I just sat, I was alone and I just, I just like, I burst it. I busted up laughing. I was like, dude, that's the funniest shit that ever happened. Like just me being like, no, I could have sworn there's a, there's a guitar and like, but it did, it did make me realize when mixing this record, some moments of hard panning might be really interesting to play with, um, in, in a way that naturally I hadn't thought about before with, with, mm-hmm. uh, that level of intention. So it, it's, it's a record that, yeah, definitely. If you have the opportunity to listen on stereo headphones, I think there, there are some moments that will be, uh, really exciting and interesting, hopefully. I would 100% agree with that. Um, I feel like it might be a silly question to ask now because usually we ask our guests what they're currently listening to, like if there's anything at the moment that's kind of taking your fancy. Very quickly, I guess, before we get to that, have you found your relationship with listening to new music any different since what's happened? Mm. Well, I, I, I'm just getting to the place... I had a period of time where I was kind of, I had a period of time where I was mourning the loss of putting on my headphones or walking into a show or a room and just the music washing over me because I have, and you'll find this out if you listen to the record, I have this unrelenting and sadly will be a lifelong ringing in my ear and kind of a static noise. That's like always in my non-hearing ear. So I don't, I'm kind of never at like full peace with my hearing. There's, there's kind of always some shit happening Mm -hmm. for maybe the first eight months. So I'm just, it's, it's, it's just been a year um, or almost, almost a year. Um, First eight months or so, I was kind of always like, man, but it used to be like, you know, it used to be better. And in the last few months, that's, that's been, that, that feeling has been fading away a bit, which has been, which has been lovely. So I've, I've found myself listening to more and more new music and I've, I've been loving that. So I'm feeling good listening to new music. And I think, you know, the only difference is that, again, I listen to everything in mono now. Mm-hmm. So I miss out, you know, on people doing crazy stereo effects. I, I do miss that, but. Even I've, without, how do I say this? Sometimes the stereo effects are done well. Sometimes not gimmicky, but like they can, it, it is, I feel like you're still not missing out on too much in terms of you're still getting the core content of, of what the song is. So. Absolutely. And. Yeah. I'm just, it's all of this, you know, and this is, this is life period is adjusting. We're all adjusting always mm-hmm. to everything. And sometimes we go through periods of more intense adjustment and sometimes the, the adjustments are smaller. So I've just been through a period of a little more intense adjustment and, you know, that's okay. I'm just, just riding this old, this crazy wave, eating apple fritters, <laughs> trying to. Kind of stay, just also have like, you know, 
having a bit of a sense of humor. This, this record is kind of serious, but it's also, I hope, I hope those winks shine through um, because I have found quite a bit of humor in, in my life period and particularly in this last year. I would say having listened to the record and looking forward to people listening to the record when it comes out on Friday, it definitely still retains your personality and your charm in terms of the winks, the nods, the, the, it's not, there's doom and gloom, but there's also the other side of that as well. So I absolutely love this record. Um, very quickly, we're going to let you get to that apple fritter. Is there, there one song or one artist at the moment that you're listening to more than others? Oh, you know, I've been, I've been listening a ton to the Sir Chloe record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I've actually been listening as, uh, like to it as a record. Um, but I, I've been, I've been loving it. I am the dog is, is the name of it. And it has a lot of the elements of rock music that, that I love and it has a toughness that I love. I love that. We will definitely be checking that out. Thank you very much for that recommendation. Um, K-Flay, the new record, Mono, it is out Friday, but thank you once again for coming back to the pod. We very much appreciate it. It is always such a lovely time talking to you. Um, so thank you for that. And we will let you get to that apple fritter now. We're not, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the signal. So please, yeah, thank you again. <laughs> Um, thank you for having me and um, yeah thank you for the great chat Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.